probably not the best place to tear your clothes off and run around like David because, yeah, hey, you, <laughs> you probably won't be leading worship there again. Um, and that has happened. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think I was in my 20s when I heard about this guy in Alberta actually was leading worship at a youth camp and felt the Lord was telling him to be like David and he stripped down and he got fired pretty quickly because <laughs> but hey what a heart wouldn't what it be funny if you, you're like yeah that was me <laughs> you see I've, I've heard about a guy doing it in the studio but oh, I've yeah. never on a Sunday oh, that's, oh you're talking about me Oh, do yeah, you yeah. do it in the studio? Well, I've, I, I've done a few <laughs> things in the studio. It, it's usually studios in an, in Abbotsford. It's something in the water. It's the Mennonites and the water. It causes a lot of nudity when you're recording worship albums. Whatever a worship... What's a worship album? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's not that. a genre. Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hey, 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 welcome back to our podcast after, oh, there's my chair creaking again, after uh, what feels like a long delay because um, it just took me a while to get this one cleaned up audio-wise. Um, lots of chairs creaking, I guess. We are really pleased to present a awesome conversation with Luke Vandevert from the Arctic. The Arctic is his, uh, his band, his, his musical, uh, what shall we call it? Moniker <laughs> and great music. We played some on our last episode and Luke is an awesome guy. I use the word awesome a lot because I just think life is awesome. People are awesome. And because you are awesome without any more preamble, here it is, a conversation with Luke and me. So Luke, Luke Vandevert, Lucas or Lucather, or what's your first full name? Uh, Lucanus. Um, is it really? No. <laughs> no, it's, it's just Luke. Um, Luke Vandevert. I, I, I do think that my, my dad always said it was a biblical name, but he's also a huge fan of Star Wars. So I, I, part of me kind of goes like, yeah. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that it's a biblical name, but I'm pretty totally. sure it's it's different. There's a different intention behind the name, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's like Jasper. I, I didn't even think of this, but my son Jasper, um, like, there's a char character named Jasper in the Twilight series. Oh. And uh, I kind of knew that. I just forgot. Like, But we named him after jasper in revelation uh lisa lisa came up with that one uh but <laughs> some people have thought oh is that jasper like the vampire no but <laughs> but i was a closet twilight fan when when it was oh. all the rage years ago man so uh it takes a big man to admit that that's yeah, good of you man <laughs> yeah, well I am a big man, but <laughs> so uh, welcome to the Worship Leader Life podcast. You are probably the most handsome man we've had on. Oh, shucks, you! And uh, you know, just uh, 
welcome to my friend Luke Vandervert. He's very handsome, very talented, and uh, I like to call him Luke v- <laughs> VDV. Uh, when I oh. just you know, I've got a few friends named Luke, and I just want to make sure I'm I'm thinking of the right one. There's there's one. His last name is Noel K N O L L, and you're you're VDV, and uh, there's a few others. But uh, anyway, so thanks for doing this, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Stephen. I I met you probably at Long McQuaid, maybe. Yeah, it would have been at Long McQuaid. That was the first our first interaction, and I think I I was told by Debbie Fortnum. Oh, Debbie. That, she was like, "You must meet Stephen because he's he, he's basically your brother." <laughs> so yeah. it's like this sounds like a good relationship already. Totally. And then you came into Lon McQuaid, and the world just got a lot better. <laughs> oh, mine too. You've you've you you always bring joy to my life when i walk in and see you're working so for those if you're listening and you're not canadian long mcquade is a is 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 our go-to music store and you know i've bought so much gear through long from long mcquade over the years i bought you know my first acoustic i bought my first not my first electric but i but i got my first you know real pro level electric and amp years ago and I've financed many an instrument and pedal, lots of pedals. <laughs> so I'm sure that's part part of your story too, Luke. Hey. Oh man, I I think Lon McQuaid. It's probably like how Guitar Center is in the stage. Like you know, I think we're kind of like the hub for the cause and solution of life's problems. You know. Totally. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there are other there are a couple other chains and stores and there's people who've tried to do like online music stores here and uh but I just it Long McQuaid's kind of my go-to. I don't even have one near me. So yours is the closest. I we live 3 and a half, 4 hours away from each other and and I well I could go to Kamloops. That's closer. But Chilliwack is closer is closer for me cuz I'm going there a lot more. But anyways, th- that's this is boring. <laughs> this is boring stuff. But it is kind of interesting because as a as a worship leader and as a musician, I would not have access to the gear I have and even the knowledge I have without a company like Long McQuaid, who's they have made it their mission to get instruments into the hands of of musicians and and potential musicians, right? So I think that it's a great service. I don't mind paying interest to a company like that because. <laughs> You know, I I've benefited from it like over and over and over again. So, thanks for working there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, the, I'm glad to serve you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, it's usually my friends work there. Like I meet I I over the years. Like uh, who's got friends at Tom Lee? Not me. <laughs> hey, so here's a here's something else. I I realized I, I met you at Long McQuaid, but I think I had seen you, or maybe I I don't know. I when you were working for the Vineyard Church in Chilliwack, you were running sound for Tom, who was leading worship that day, and uh, you were actually the worship guy, like pastor, I guess, worship pastor there for a while, and. Yeah. 
but that wasn't your day to lead. He was leading and you were doing sound. I remember kind of running into you there. I don't know if we had met yet, but anyways, uh, that's how I know you from vineyard circles and also from the long McQuaid and just some mutual friends. So I'm really glad that we're getting to do this today. You've got some awesome projects going on, the Arctic music and a few other sort of things that are stirring and bubbling and and on top of that you're a worship leader so yeah you're in the right place man so why don't you tell us like why don't you tell us about yourself tell i'll stop talking now and i'll edit all that out and then you're such a beautiful talker yeah well you know i didn't shower for today's meeting but i sure sound like i did so uh Anyway, so tell us about your journey, man, your journey with Christ, your journey with music, your journey with worship and ministry. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, Stephen, for bringing me on. This is, I I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you dearly. Um, And it's kind of neat because you get a chance, we get a chance to kind of talk about our our origins in essence, right? Because even though we know each other, we don't know a lot about each other. And so... It's like we're it's like we're on a first date. Uh, yeah, man. It's not blind, but it's but it's our first date. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I should kind of start. I I'm actually originally from Alaska, so I was born in the states. Uh, my dad is originally from Oregon, and my mom's from Nanaimo in BC. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it. So I, for the most part, I grew up in a small town called Powell River, and. I often joke that I grew up with a Republican and some Newfoundlanders, even though it just it, it isn't really the case. It just seems like everyone from Power River has this little slur that's kind of similar to a Newfoundland accent, which is so I I was very spoiled with my upbringing of the the character involved. So are um, you talking Powell River, BC or or Yeah. Oh cool. yeah, Powell River BC. So yeah. And so my dad worked with um fish farms and so he was up uh in alaska and eventually uh as part of the family business there was an, a kind of a fish farm starting up in powell river and so he and us all moved down to powell river to work on this fish farm and so yeah that's how i you know mostly for my upbringing was all in powell river for the most part um but you know like we would go to this little community church and be involved there. Uh, anyway, so I grew up in grew up in Power for most of my life. Uh, my dad um, was fairly involved with a church there called Kelly Creek Community Church, and that's kind of where, as a family, we would go to church. So definitely had a Christian upbringing, and a lot of you know my parents did an excellent job raising me in kind of an understanding of the Bible and. You know, they were wonderful parents for sure. Um, but I've always, from pretty early age, always kind of really loved music. I love dealing with music. I remember so many times <laughs> um, playing a cassette that my mom made, which was uh, a lot of Beach Boys. A oh, ton nice. of Beach Boys. And... I would listen to that so much, and I, I I loved just pulling that old cassette out and flipping it around, putting it back in, 
hitting play, flipping it again, putting it in, just keep it going. I really, yeah, I, I loved music growing up. And yeah, it, it, I, yeah, just loved it. It was such a, it was such an expression for me at a young age to kind of find something that just appealed to me. So, you know, eventually you get a little older and I decided to go, you know, take an interest in drums, joined the worship team <laughs> at 12. I was 12 years old. I got kicked off the worship team. <laughs> what? No. Well, one, I, it was like it, 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 some context. It's a small church, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this little guy has interest in drums. Sure, why not? The thing is, I was 12 years old <laughs> with no lessons. So one, I couldn't keep a beat to save my life. Ah. Two, I hit the drums so hard. So it was like, it was just like, yeah, this is a bad idea. <laughs> oh, you poor guy though. Oh yeah. I was broken hearted. There's, there's a lesson in there for, you know, auditioning and having a bar. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to crush a young person who has all the passion and energy, uh, but they're just not ready yet. And then... And then, so you hire them, then fire them, and then, then they never play again, right? Yeah, they get, and it's like, exactly everything's just tainted after that point, right? It's like every every you know desire they had to be like, wow, I want to be a musician, and just you know, especially in a worship context, I want to praise God with my instrument, and then they're like, well, guess what? <laughs> we we brought you on, and now we're gonna crush your dreams because we we didn't facilitate the growing anyway but anyway it was i don't blame them for at all i don't hold the grudge of that at all but um without a doubt that passion for music still stayed and i did drum still and and developed in drumming for the high school bands and stuff where the loud worked and 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 not keeping a beat worked because we were all bad musicians anyway so it was like, ah, sure, why not? It was fun. Did you play like fun. punk or or? You know, it was it was it would always be like, it would change because our friends, like, would go through different things. So I had a I I had a a good friend who did a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and loved the old rock stuff. And then uh, there were some other guys that lived closer to town, and they'd play like System of Down and Lincoln Park. Uh, you know, there was uh, another guy that would write his own stuff, and that was, you know, it was just, it was, it was, yeah, it was fun. I, I definitely don't regret that kind of upbringing because it was, yeah, it got a lot, a lot of that instilled and that kind of weaved itself into me. But what's in, what's interesting is worship um, was a little bit of a later development in my life because I, I, you know, kind of like middle school to into high school, I still loved playing with bands and, and trying to, you know, you know, <laughs> lose term bands, <laughs> but I just have this passion to always do it. And then, you know, I, I still not understanding what my faith was and still not knowing, kind of doing this thing. Well, yeah, I went to church, but I know, and yeah, officially I accepted Christ at a young age, but it's also that tension of like, well, what's the real life situation now? Do I actually know who Jesus is? And can that, you know, I think everyone goes to that point when they're younger. So, so then 
a huge thing where I found my interactions with God were through camp, summer camp, and going away and going to a place where everyone's there to have fun, but also get really good teaching and things becoming very real. So that's when it was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe there is this thing and something's something stirring in me and and then realizing, oh, well, I kind of like guitar. Maybe I can play guitar. And then that church that kicked me out when I was <laughs> 12, uh, <laughs> he said, hey, you know, why don't you come to practice and just play your chords? And we'll try to just play these chords. And you're not going to be a part of the worship team, but you can at least practice there. And it's like, yeah, I can do that and start learning my E chords and my D chords and A and start playing that. And eventually the guitar just kind of locked on to me and it just, I couldn't stop playing. I remember buying my first guitar, taking it home, and I had a quick guitar lesson from the guy who sold me it. And I went home, I played, and I actually made my fingers bleed. No way! And, and I couldn't stop playing the thing. Wow. And so they were all bleeding. I was like, I should rest. And then two hours later, I was like, I don't care. They're scabbed over and gross. And I was like, I got to keep going. This is so much fun. So I just started to keep going at it. And it was just, it was awesome. That's <laughs> cool, man. My son was just talking about that. And I was like, I oh, because he was talking about Jack White. And on that movie, uh, It Might Get Loud, there's a oh, scene yeah. where he's bleeding, right? Anyways. Oh, so I have to tell him that you you actually uh, you did it. it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was it was pretty rock and roll. <laughs> but what eventually, as you know, life circumstances happen. I mean, there were a lot of things that God made Himself known to me in very real ways. Um, my dad got sick with meningitis, and it was very close to leaving us, and. I remember that process and I remember doing the bartering thing with God, you know, it was like, God, if you let him live, I will X, Y, and Z. I'll change this thing. I'll stop these things. I'll, I'll do all that, you know? And, and then he got better. And of course I discovered how bad at keeping promises I was. <laughs> and then he started to recognize that tension of cultural, you know, association and not knowing your identity and just you become flaky and and this it was it was growing but without a doubt it became to realize this this god is very real <laughs> you know it's like and and in a good sense i i need to grow in fear and what was really cool even though i was on a on back to the worship stuff still playing guitar with this worship team as practice the pieces kind of started falling into place of like wait a second this isn't just playing guitar this is actually making, you know, we're actually interacting with God. This is a conversation, and we're facilitating that. And that was probably when I was like, I don't know, 15, 16, when that, those pieces started to kind of fall into places about, oh, this is so much more than I, you know. So that was kind of like the, the starting journey of this is what worship is. So You're fast more forward. Than me. Hmm? You're more mature than me because it took me a little longer to realize just how close he is as we worship, right? Like, I mean, but that's so that's amazing. That's that's really cool. It, it's, 
but it was it was without a doubt a, a very a shepherded thing even though as I did feel that a lot of it was discovery I, there was so many people involved in helping me realize that and and it wasn't by them saying oh well when you play a G chord <laughs> you know it's like you know when you do it on Sunday it means this it wasn't that it was like people leading by example oh and my it gosh was, it's so good this this makes this is starting to make sense so you know fast forward a little bit more life stuff happens and come grade 12 and going through a pretty significant depression um that's when i found god really intervened um because it was it was pretty bad depression I, i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it was i was i was very close to contemplating suicide and and how jesus became very very real in in my weeps in my you know in my weeping and my tears jesus really made himself known um and that's when the you know it was kind of like okay this i have to take what i've been learning about worship and actually apply it in every capacity so that that kind of was my my coming to of thing yeah when you're in the depths of that it's like I mean, yeah. Read read some of the Psalms. It's it's not it's not like it's new and yet when you're in the middle of that, in the midst of that, it is unbelievably dark and feels near impossible to make any kind of decision like that, you know, but you did it and that's yeah, and and we could talk for hours about that, <laughs> but that that's amazing. That's God's grace right there. I mean, oh. Yeah, absolutely. It was, and it, it's, you know, and, and we'll kind of talk about this a little bit later, but I found so many of the, as you know, I, I, yeah, I found a lot of the stories I have are associated with scars. You know, it's like, you know, if you think about, you know, what stories have, and you know, kind of like fueled your, your things at most all, almost all of my stories are not like good things <laughs> that have fueled my yeah my understanding like a good of, maybe good came out of it but like it's yeah I, yeah yeah they're never like oh you know I was I was in the tabernacle <laughs> you know I was like, <laughs> was like and God came down it, for me that that hasn't it has been the case but the ones that have the most impact that have really for me have defined my path have been through a lot of trial and a lot of pain. And out of that, God makes himself known. And so it, that's just my story. But (laughs) even, you know, he said, I was in the tabernacle, like (laughs) years ago, my friend Lincoln used to say like, you know, worship, it, it can be painful. And mm. he talked about Isaiah and having burning coals touched to his lips. Mm. And so in the same way, like, there's so much good that comes out of these crazy situations and experiences. And it's just more and more kind of proof. That's where God, he loves to meet us. He loves us so much. He'll step right into those painful places and say, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Like, don't worry, I'm here, you know. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it's it's life. It's it's also in worship, and 
you know, just that, that, mm -hmm. yeah, that's good, man. Well, oh, it's, it, that's, it, you nailed it, right? It's just how it's, it's the story of Jesus in general, like how Jesus cuts through to meet us where we're at. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, oh yeah. <laughs> Grace is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> So I yeah, and then kind of that basically in the context. So you know that was high school. I remember having the conversation with my parents of they're like, "What do you want to do? You're in grade twelve, and I'm going. I feel that I'm being called into ministry and worship, and then being like, no, <laughs> you know. I always like, think that's no. crazy <laughs> when people say, yeah. But anyways, but. <laughs> and you know what in fairness like i totally totally understood where they're coming from because it's like you know like i mean as as much i my parents were dear and, and i love them to bits but they kind of were like yeah I, here's the thing it's like you're you're you need a tent making thing you're gonna need something like this and here's this little guy about to you know <laughs> like I'm ready to go do music and serve the Lord. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, our son's going to die. <laughs> um, so I, I get that. And, and I remember a very distinct moment of <laughs> being an emotional state of just like, I feel like this is where I need to go. And I got my headphones on. We're all in the car. And I'm staring out the window like listening to Casting Crowns or something. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, just like, oh, in my own little, like, tension world. And uh, everyone gets out of the car, and my dad stays in the car, and then he looks at me and goes, do you really feel that this is where God's calling you? And he's, I was like, yes, I do. And it's the only thing I feel like I can do. You know, I, my, my dad worked on a fish farm. My brother's a welder. And both of them can attest that when it comes to labor jobs, I'm the absolute worst. You know, I, am I, 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 I'm so bad at, <laughs> I think it's the artistic character. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I think artistic people aren't, you know, it's like, you know, build a house, build us a house. And it's going to take us like 20 times longer. Unless because, you're like, T, unless yeah. you're, unless you're Brian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, mind you, that's roof. He goes. He he comes at the very end. He puts a roof on something. But uh... yeah, that's true. He's. I think some people can do both. It's just, and it's. I think it's just where our gifting lies, right? And like some people can do amazing things with their hands and create and work hard. And for people like you and myself, I think working hard is a different form. It's. It's instead of looking at a wall and saying, "I will build a wall," it's like, well. How do we find the right thing that is needed? The thing that says something different, you know? That's where we tend to think a little bit more versus just building the wall. And sometimes you need to, uh, I'm starting to sound like Trump. <laughs> uh, I was just realizing, oh, this doesn't sound good at all. I should change the metaphor, but I'm American. <laughs> Two out of three of my uh, interviews has been with Americans oh, with, yeah, it's who are now Canadian, but well, you know. I mean, you know what? You can split the middle because I, yeah. I am a dually. There so, you go. There so you, you go. can just go in the middle. Like, it's like yeah, it's good. Yeah. You've talked to uh, one and a half Canadians and one and a half Americans. There you go. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. Perfect. It works out. Um, but yeah, we just, I think 
artistically, we look at things differently. And I think that does take time, right? It's kind of like inspiration a lot of the time when you're, when you're trying to write a song. Some people can work with deadlines. And some people, it, you can work within a deadline, but you don't, you're not happy with the result sometimes, right? Well, it's like talking about process, talking about stuff coming out of the pain. Like, my wife and I are wired very differently. She's a beautiful singer, songwriter, musician. Um, but, you know, I can stay for hours working on um, mixing a song or fixing something or working a part out. And she's more like the overseer, producer type that... You know, I see this, this, and this. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it done. And so, like, if it came to building a house, I think she would just get in there and make it happen. And I'd be getting stuck on things, thinking, "What is like the best possible way to build this thing, or to <laughs> shape this wall, or to?" And I get just stuck on details like that because I because I like it. You know, I like the process. Yeah. I like the I like the result, but I also I don't know. So I think. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there's, there's some, and so we spend hours and hours playing our instruments or honing our craft and we don't <laughs> think that's weird, but other people do. Other people are like, you know, I, I posted uh, a video about the little ebook that I put out and mm -hmm. some dude, I don't know where he's from, but he wrote on the wall um stop your whining and complaining go what did he say go uh what go go uh oh yeah he's something about drywall go drywall for a day or something like i don't know was, and he and he used to he used some language too that uh, that i didn't appreciate i just oh thought God. this guy's trolling he just wants me to bite right but absolutely um but that does exist that idea that like oh you know, I should just show up to church on Sunday and you guys should just do the thing so I can sing the songs and get to the sermon. And, oh, and, man. and then during the week, you should go, uh, you know, have a real job or, you know. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyways, that's a whole other topic, it's, too. I'm sorry. It's, I'm it's, rabbit you know, I, I understand where that stress comes from because uh, <laughs> I, we just watched the movie Sing for the first time. And this one part just made me laugh so hard where the uh, the showman who's trying to, like, make this production, you know, it's dealing with, it's this really quick snippet, but it was like, that's, that's, that's it exactly. Um, she's, and he's making this production, and then there's this, this character that's trying to make this, you know, artistic thing, and, you know, she makes like a quote, a really quick passive aggressive comment of like, but you wouldn't understand the artistic process. And he's like, yep, I don't ah, <laughs> just ah. moves on. <laughs> and so it was like that, that is, that is part of it that without a doubt, the artistic process is something that I don't think for, for those, for some people they understand. And I, I get that. But reality is too, we, we need our artists in our world. Yeah, totally. And, that is, I think art is what does change things. It helps people open their mind up. I get worried when people disregard artists because that kind of goes like, well, if you're disregarding artists, you, you're you're kind of putting yourself in a box of ignorance and that doesn't help you grow. 
So I I, just, I always get a little tweaked when I hear, <sighs> you know, it's like, ah, I just don't, don't do it. <laughs> well, I'm also the kind of guy that wants to, to say like, I'm not just an art, like, you know, you can't just, you can't put anybody in a box or formula or whatever. Like there's way more to us than just playing guitar and singing and, you know, like, yeah. and yet, yeah, it's this weird, it's this weird tension of like being creative and being myself, trying to be who I am and who you are, you know, but mm -hmm. also still being an adult in this world who has to make a living and do mm -hmm. my laundry and my dishes and take care of my kids and whatever, right? Like, yeah. so it is kind of a weird. It's like people want to. I think it's this rock star mentality. We grow up. We watch this yeah. this whole thing of like, oh, that person's an amazing musician and look at how they get to live. And we see through film or documentaries or whatever, we see this crazy lifestyle of just like, you know. Yeah. I, it's, I think there's this, the file, it's the kind of like the false illusion of the American slash Canadian dream essence. Right. And so it's easy to kind of see someone pursuing what they want to do as a living or attempt to make a living at it. And disregard it as, oh, well, they're good. And if they're going through hard times, it's entitled positioning of of hard time, which is not the case. It's just, you know, everyone everyone struggles. Life's hard. <laughs> How about this, too? Like, have you heard the story about the, the Texan, the oil man who goes down south and meets the guy on the beach who's coming in? You know, it's still morning and the guy's coming in. He's got a couple of fish that he's caught and the guy goes where'd you catch those he's right here those are nice so what are you doing now he's he's like well i'm taking taking one to the market to sell it and taking the rest home and he's like well why don't you stay out longer and and catch more fish he's like well because i want to go home have have a meal with my family and sit around the fire on the beach and play guitar and hang out with my son and the guy goes listen listen i'm in big business you know I, I can help you. You need to stay out longer, catch more fish, go to the market. You can sell those fish, mm. save your money. When he, Once you've saved enough, you can get a bigger boat. And he goes through this whole oh, yeah. thing, right? <laughs> Have you ever heard this? Yeah, I've heard this. It's, oh. And then the guy's like, and, and then the guy's like, but why would I want to do all that? Well, because, you know, I could have you, you'd be a multimillionaire in, in five, ten years. And then you could retire and and you can, you can, yeah, you can exactly. hang out on the beach and play guitar all day. It's like, but that's that's what I do. What I'm doing now. That's what I do yeah. now. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'd rather just keep doing it now. I'd rather do this for 50 more years than uh, uh. waste 10. You know, so this idea that, you know, what are, we, what are we trying to get out of this process? And are we enjoying it? Are we not enjoying it? Um, are we experiencing mm. it? Or are we just pushing through because we want some kind of result or anyways so that's yeah. a, that's all good stuff that's the kind of stuff i think about all the time and philosophize yeah. in my head about but um so sorry yeah. so you're so your parents finally or not finally but your parents blessed you in your in your desires and endeavors and and yeah. off you went to become what? a worship rock star Cool. <laughs> just, just started. A, sorry, a gag reflex thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Off you went um, to start training yeah. in the Lord's yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. 
That's ex- yes, it was a very holy endeavor. Um, right on. <laughs> so after that, shortly after I graduated, um, I moved to the island with my buddy, and we were brought in for um, a youth group to start basically kind of developing a worship team for them, and, and we started a little band over there, and that eventually led into, um, you know, from there going to Columbia Bible College, and started, you know, <laughs> realizing, oh, I can actually learn more about this specific area. I don't have to pioneer it. I think, quote, unquote, thinking I'm pioneering something when it's like, oh, people have done this way before I, <laughs> I was just completely, I was just completely ignorant to the whole thing. So I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. So I'd rather learn from people than completely try to think in my own line of thinking and get everything wrong. So, <laughs> Um, so that involved me moving down into, you know, the Fraser Valley. So that's, and we've been here ever since. So CBC did a lot and I learned a lot and, you know, and, and out of that came into, um, going to this church called the bridge and, and then being like, this is, this is where things get kind of cool for me. I was, I was at the bridge and people are kind of playing and, and singing and I'm like, you know, I'm, it's just this beautiful worship community. Um, first thing I noticed right away was that the congregation faced each other. And and it was like, this is such a beautiful image of what we're doing. Like, we're doing this together. We're together praising God. It was just, I loved that. It was like, this is a community and this is gathering. This is something visual. But then I started noticing like, these songs are all songs I started singing as a kid. And I'm like, huh. Like, I've heard, you know, these you know, faithful one before. I've heard <laughs> all these other songs before. I'm like, uh, that's interesting. They they really like these songs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, huh. And then all of a sudden I'm realizing, wait a second. And I'm like reading the names and I'm like, this guy, wait a second. <laughs> he, wait, he goes here. <laughs> like, you know, like, huh? Like, this is our, like, what in this, like, connection of like, wait a second. Those songs I grew up with, it was like, the songs I grew up with, they're coming, they're, they're, they're from here. Like, this, this thing called that, I mean, the bridge was a vineyard split. And so it was like, what is what is this thing called the vineyard? I've never like I know all this. This is my childhood coming out and I had no idea. Like it was like I know all these songs as a kid singing them and just them really impacting me and then realizing wow, they were so close to home. <laughs> you know, like oh, it was so cool and then so that kind of started the vineyard connection and kind of things. So, um, I did work at Northview for a little while. I was, you know, under Johnny Markin. That was wonderful. And then, um, I think a year later after Northview, Chilliwack Vineyard hired me out to come and be their worship pastor here. And hence I'm out here. So out in the whack. <laughs> Where do you live in the whack? I'll bleep it out for the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you I right mean, in town or? Is. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the north side. Oh, nice. Uh, kind of by the tracks on Central. So. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, I grew up 
half Strathcona or Fearful Island and half and Little Mountain and then oh, the other half Promontory so that's awesome so I've been on both sides of the tracks man and you have yeah. <laughs> he knows it all yeah never near the tracks but that's another story but <laughs> <laughs> oh we live pretty close to the track so the, for the longest time it was earthquake What's yeah going? yeah right on oh, building shaking oh my god yeah yeah, my grandfather went to Central Elementary. Oh, my really? whole family, we all we all went to Chilliwack Senior and Junior, and my my kids will be like one of the first uh, that that aren't gonna go there from my family. So, really? Unless we move there soon. Oh. Anyway, so dude, uh, I don't want to skip ahead too far. So that's your <laughs> like. So yeah, does this bring us to where you are now? Um. Yeah, it pretty much like it was where I am now is a little bit different because I'm I'm not a part of the Chilliwack Vineyard anymore. Um, uh, about three years ago, we we uh, kind of separated our you know kind of separated or not separated. Let's use a better word. We uh, felt it was time to move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> let's, go, let's go with that. Yeah, it was time. Um, we we parted ways. I will say that. Well. The Chilliwack Vineyard and I just parted ways, and um, and that was that was a good, interesting season because I wasn't too sure of what was next to come, and started questioning a lot of things because it was a bit of a surprise. It was, and I think, you know, my insecurity was definitely there and kind of sensing of what am I supposed to do? You know, I, I've been pursuing this thing of worship for at this point, almost, you know, close to 10 years. And like, is this, is this really what God has planned? Because I don't know. And wrestling with everything that week, I got about five phone calls from churches that I've never had association with saying, Hey, um, we need a worship leader for this weekend or for a weekend. And we got your number from, you know, all these different people and, and, friends and stuff like that would you be willing to come out and so it's like huh so it was very interesting because that that just kind of started snowballing um in that first year rach and i my wife and i we just kind of took a look and to see i had about 10 sundays off that year after and it was just it just was and it was all these different churches just asking if i'd come in it was it was such a really it was really needed. <laughs> it was like it was such a huge affirmation for me because it was I, I was just, oh just wrestling with everything you, you doubting all things at that point right. It's like I don't know did I did I stray from what God wanted me to do or did I you know it's yeah <laughs> I've been there man I I've been there I've I've had twice been laid off at churches and thought what did we do wrong like once the whole staff got laid off because oh, just money wasn't there and uh things kind of uh we all stuck around for a while and and i eventually f got called to another church but the church is still there alive and well it was a great experience but at the time it was tough right and then yeah. I, I got laid off in another church and then the last church i was at it was a parting ways thing not not like uh, I well I resigned because I felt called to come back come back down south and 
and you know just very there's like i'll tell my story on another episode but but it was so hard because it was unexpected kind of like you said right it wasn't what i planned i thought we were going to be there for 20 more years like i love the church love the people love the town up in prince george but god had other plans and and now we're here so i i totally know what you mean like and you and when you get those signs those affirmations like you know whether it's gigs or just words through friends or god just keeps speaking something to your heart that's what you need in those seasons so i'm really glad that you didn't throw in the towel because that would have sucked <laughs> and uh i'm glad you got all those gigs that's great man it, it was it was a yeah and i'm i think you understand when that when you when something unexpected happens like that and you start questioning everything because i think as artists we tend to we look way past <laughs> than just the surface level is a tendency so we we go and we question everything and then those snowballs and it's so easy to get stuck in this whirlwind of doubt you know and, and but, and yet, uh, yet we do also, we're able to see deeper the other way too, like, which I think <laughs> it's hard. It's easy to go to the negative stuff, but it's, you, it's as an artist, as a worship leader, as a musical being, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's important to keep, well, to, to, to work on your perspective, you have mm. like, I love this idea of like you, God, like God empowers our will. The Lord loves to empower our will. He doesn't force his will on us. He doesn't, you know, take over and turn us into robots. Mm. But there's this idea of like the same will that you use to choose, um, to walk off a cliff is the same will that you use to choose not to walk off a cliff, you know? So mm -hmm. in your, in these situations where we're in the process and it's dark and it's scary and as, as deep thinkers and as process people and as artists who have vision, I think it's, it's, there's something to be said about, um, practicing perspective, you know, mm -hmm. I like, uh, Casey Corum has a song years ago. He's, he's, he sings the line, Practicing Presence. For me, mm. Practicing Presence has... has I'm, I'm, I think maybe I need more uh, Ritalin or something. I'm losing focus right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, Practicing Presence for me has also a lot to do with like allowing the Lord to show me what are the options here as far as my perspective on mm. things. And... I go dark, I go deep and dark and negative a lot, and that's okay. That's part of the process. But he's also been showing me that you have a great vision, artistic mind. You can start going up and positive and, like, dream and think of the bright side kind of thing. Not, I don't mean that in a cheesy, trite way. I just mean, like, think of but the there is There's always two sides of a coin. Yeah. Right? There's always that. And that is... It's good to to be honest with your at, and it's you know, it, it it's yeah, I mean yeah, it, it's always good to have the two sides, and that's why I think relationship comes in handy, right? 
relationships kind of key to everything we do as people. Like, sorry, just my wife's texting me. Oh, no, it's I'm, all good. For those who are listening, we are actually skyping, so we can see each other. So yeah. I was just looking to the side off camera, and I didn't want Luke to think I was getting distracted. Uh, <laughs> just checking in with my family. It's family day here in BC. It is family day. Which is why and we're, we're, we're we are not with our, our families. Yeah, we're both because, not with our families. But yeah. So for those who think we should go drywalling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Our boss would have to pay us time and a half because it's a yeah. stat holiday. Anyway, so so yeah, you so you're talking like yeah, I'm not talking about ignoring the dark and the bad and all that, and mm-hmm. you're not either. Yeah, but it's interesting as we figure out who we are as creative people, you know, that we're able to mine the positive out of something too, and that happens with our helpers, our friends, our mentors, our our spiritual directors, you know, that's a big part of what I want to do with worship leader life is help people to cultivate relationship, uh, mentorship, learning from the greats by reading, uh, learning from each other through community. So that's awesome, man. So obviously you had some relationships that, that helped you. Absolutely. Every, I mean, on so many sides how you know community and relationships so key to everything we do especially as worship leaders too it's yeah it worship leaders i feel have a of this strange culture that it revolves around different things because it's easy to think things one way it's easy to lean towards another it's easy for lead pastors to think of worship leaders in one way or the other it's it's a t- yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it worship leading is a it, it's all over the place when it comes to sunday mornings you know it's it really is and like yeah i mean there's so much amazing things that have happened within the church and God, without a doubt, uses worship leaders. But I, oh, side note, I, I found that there's leadership of the church plays a huge role in worship culture, right? And so it's it's so difficult when leadership sees the worship team as the opening band for the sermon. And you're missing the entire point of what worship's supposed to be. Anyway, how about this? You take a take a slice out of your leadership's lives, okay? So, and say a church budget Uh, is a church spending money on worship, and I don't mean music necessarily. I just mean like, are we fostering worship? Are we fostering prayer? Are we fostering you know, ongoing active relationship with God and ascribing worth to the Lord. And you could say, yeah, the whole thing is worship. True. But like, look at a budget and where's the money going? Okay. So then take, take a look at a pastor, your lead pastor's life. Do they have a culture of, of, uh, intentional worship in their life? And you could say, well, worship is life. So it's everything. Yeah, I know. But, there are there are intentional things we can do to 
spend time with the Lord <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and so like, it's interesting. And I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to blanket. Oh, all senior pastors are like, they're not like, I'm just saying no. like, you want to know where the, you take the temperature of a congregation as far as their worship, look at their, uh, look at their leadership and the, the way, you know, the, their kind of go-to practices and routines and look at their budget, how they spend their money and, and, Look at their service and how it's mapped out, and and because, anyways, you know all this stuff. It's it's funny, I, you know. I I don't know. It, part of it is, in a lot of ways, because of your story, Stephen, and my story in regards to our church relationships. I think for us and a lot of people that have gone through some tough times, we want to encourage those that are like, I want to get into worship leading. And we're like, yes, do it, but be careful. (laughs) Because we really love you and we understand it's not going to be easy. And, you know, we want to be here for you (laughs) because... Man, you and I uh, both know some people who are, you know, a lot older than us who this has been their life. And you could argue that some of these folks, it's been a very successful life, but you sit down and you hear their stories. It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I interviewed Andy for the first episode, uh, Andy Park, and yeah. you hear his story. It started in the dumps. He got fired from his church. Not yeah. not fired in the sense like, you're fired, but like he was in Hollywood playing at the vineyard there. Uh, Hollywood Vineyard or or West LA, I can't remember. And you know, guys like Bob Dylan and um, uh, what's his name? Um, I remember hearing about Bob. Oh gosh, what, the producer T Bone, T Bone. Oh right yeah, yeah. These guys were attending, and and the pastors, uh, whoever decided we need to up our games musically because we got all these professional you know musicians. And anyways, you you. Those yeah. who've listened heard all this, right? But so he got the boot, and it, how devastating was that? Now imagine if he had uh, given up, right? Yeah. Then I wouldn't be here today without his friendship, mentorship, and mm-hmm. and you know he kicks me in the butt sometimes. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> he's 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 a good he's he's a good mentor because I mean Andy, I love the man to bits. You know, he's, he, and, you know, and Brian and all those, they, they don't, they tell you like it is, which is everything you need to hear. Um, But they don't leave you there. Yeah, they don't. They never do. I've I've loved, I've really loved to get in those. And I've been getting to know Andy more and more. We've been going to the table together. That's our current church we're at. So, you know, it's, we've been really loving, you know. I've been really loving to get to know Andy more. The guy, I have the utmost respect for those guys. Next time you're there, ask him about Roaring Hooves. Roaring Hooves, yep. eh? Ask okay. Him, ask him. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it was a good moment in our life. <laughs> Roaring, okay. Roaring Hooves. So, okay. <laughs> now, enough of this name dropping from right, us. Anyway, yes. That was me. I started that. No, but I mean, I just relating back to that other interview, it's like, um, you want to say like you're in the right you're in the right life yes be a worship leader 
but be careful you said right yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's 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 just like because i don't know there's there's just is this part of you that just knows? I think, and honestly, it's not just worship leading. It's it's anyone in pastoral ministry. It's anyone that interacts with people. I imagine it's the same heart for someone that's like, you know, sees some kid. I can't wait to go into customer service. Like, you know, they're like, oh, do it, but be careful. You know, it's just like, yeah. I think that there's this compassion that's rooted in like, it's not gonna be easy. And it's, you're going to have hard days. Um, and please have a support system in place that, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I said, who is, is it Stephen Furtick or somebody talks about highlight reels? Like we all see these highlight reels from these big ministries or even smaller churches. Like we get to see highlight reels and we compare our lives to that and so a young person who's starting out as a worship leader they they think my life's going to be the highlight reels and when it's not um i just hope we can all be there for them to help them with the disillusionment and say don't worry it, it doesn't it's not all highlight reels it's not all <laughs> big concerts with lights and everyone's singing your song at the top of their lungs and uh, there's a lot of hard work and just nor it's just normal life like in some ways that guy on facebook had it right like stop your complaining but i wasn't complaining i don't know why he said that <laughs> but he, he but does he, we, it's this is life that yeah, like, is true i thank god that he has walked with me through it and said like you see it's no different than becoming a plumber a lawyer uh you know uh, a retail salesperson a, a manager at a restaurant it's just life it's work you got to learn how to do it. You got to find systems and routines and things that work for you. You got to study and hone your craft. And so we're not complaining. We just want to support and help and, mm -hmm. and, uh, find my friend, he was RCMP. He is RCMP still. He's a member of the RCMP. And he, uh, I remember early in his career, he got really disillusioned because he thought he was going to be helping people, but it mm -hmm. turned out it was always the bad guys calling the police to come and deal with other bad guys. It was mm. like entitled people who were crooked, who were lying, who were making stuff up, calling the police on their neighbors who were also crooked. And it's not, you know what I mean? It's not always like that, but he just realizes I'm not helping people. I'm babysitting people. So he mm. had to work through that because he for years wanted to be a policeman. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, sorry. So oh, well, I'm not sorry. This is great. I'm, we're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out. I know you had some stuff on your heart about leading out of, you know, weakness and le leading mm. out of these places. Um, I have a feeling like we could make this a 10 part podcast. <laughs> it might, you might need to do a series on it because, and without a doubt, all, I mean, how many friends we know that, can talk about these because I think everyone will experience that. And, but it's, it's just this interesting tension of, I don't know, our insecurities. How do we, how do we effectively lead out of our insecurity? Um, because I, I don't know. I, some people can't almost, I mean, I, I've seen it. I've seen people put on facade for worship leading and it's heartbreaking to me um 
you know, and it's, I think the, the image of performance comes in. You know what? Jeremy Riddle had this amazing post where he says his biggest wrestle was performance. I just read that. Was it last week? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, man. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Beautiful. And it's, and without a doubt, I, he totally hits the right chord because it's, it's like, yeah, like there is a sense of performance and, when you lead worship, it's some, I mean, it, I, I did for a long time and I can explain why, but I definitely would put on a mask or a facade or a character of what I thought a worship, a worship leader should look like, you know, and my gosh, <laughs> like, it, it wasn't that I, you know, I'm, God still worked through that, I think, but my gosh, I was, I was I was lying to myself in every aspect. I wasn't being me. I was being what you know, picture perfect Luke could have been, but it wasn't me. So you know, you have this kind of like acting versus authenticity balance and this tension that I I feel is really important because are we really worshiping ourselves when we're putting on something that you know, like, are we fully? Are we fully worshiping God with all we are, if we feel like we have to, quote unquote, perform? You know, and obviously there's stipulations to that because <laughs> it's like you have to have control. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if you're a very expressive person and you're going to a Mennonite Brethren church, <laughs> probably not the best place to tear your clothes off. And run around like David because, yeah, hey, you, you probably won't be leading worship there again. Um, and that has happened. <laughs> I don't. I, I think I was in my twenties when I heard about this guy in Alberta actually was leading worship at a youth camp and felt the Lord was telling him to be like David, and he stripped down, and he got fired pretty quickly because. <laughs> But hey, what a heart. Wouldn't it be funny if you're like, yeah, that was me. (laughs) See, I've heard about a guy doing it in the studio, but I've never heard of Sunday morning. Oh, you're talking about me. Oh, do you do it in the studio? Well, I've I've done a few (laughs) things in the studio. It's usually studios in in Abbotsford. It's something in the water. It's the Mennonites and the water. Causes a lot of nudity. When you're recording worship albums, whatever a worship, <laughs> what's a worship album? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it's not God. a genre. It's <laughs> a it's an offering to the Lord. And it, yeah. anyways, <laughs> hey, listen, I have an idea. Okay, yeah. we've learned a lot about your life and your journey, and I've hmm. shared some things. And would you be open to doing part two and and making part two about? kind of yeah leading out of brokenness because i got some stories too and we could kind of like share a couple of things and see where it goes what do you think about that that's a great idea i'd love to come to you. as long as you'll have me back oh of course <laughs> oh i'd have you back in an instant in fact i would make part two right now except <laughs> i need to go make coffee and check on my son who's that's a good home thing sick. To do. no i can hear him he's <laughs> in the other room but like, dude, this has been so good and I don't want it to, I feel like we just got started. So Luke and I have been talking about some awesome stuff, just about the worship life as a worshiper, as a disciple life, as a worship leader. 
and we just had a little chat off off mic about I want this to continue. I think we have a good thing here. I would love to uh, make this part one and, and get to part two and maybe have part three. My one of the podcasts I listen to, these two guys, they have they have promised each other that they're gonna do at least one podcast every year or six months or something. Yeah. And so they they have this series and they and they have they say we are going to at least 25 or 50 i can't remember and so they're on like number six right now and so when they talk about it it's like this is episode number six in our uh series and they have a title (laughs) for the series and six of 25 but they haven't recorded the other 25 yeah exactly it's like this this thing to kind of keep keep them going you know so this is episode one on Worship Leader Life podcast, worshipleaderlife.com podcast. I like to yes. say the dot .com so people know. And <laughs> you have been listening to Luke VDV. <laughs> Luke oh, Vandivert. I call you, I'm going to start calling you Stephen TDT. <laughs> TDT, Stephen TDT. So um, we are going to do this again very soon. So this is part one of a 50-part podcast <laughs> which we will be putting up every few months or weeks at least this the next one's coming soon though don't worry now how can we get a hold of you hear your music where can we find you yeah so you can um find me where um you, well i have a website called thearcticmusic.com like the cold place Nice. And uh, feel free to shoot me an email if I said some heresy <laughs> or if I, <laughs> you know, like keep me accountable. Um, uh, I'm always up for conversations and I love meeting and talking with people. Uh, emails info at thearcticmusic.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook too, facebook.com slash thearcticmusic, Instagram, Twitter, the whole shebang. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I like, I like meeting with people. So come say hi. Yeah, go say hi to him before you come say hi to me. And if you're listening to this, uh, we transcribe our podcasts. Uh, sometimes not on the same day that they get released because there's lots of ums and ahs and misspelled words sometimes. So I go through them and I make sure it makes sense. But you can find all that on worshipleaderlife.com. And we also are on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. But before you go there, I want you to go check out Luke's music at thearcticmusic.com. Right? Yeah, Is you that got right? it. Okay. Yeah, it's also on Spotify and all that fun stuff too. Yes, so. yes, those are good places. And um, yeah, you can contact him through there. Yeah. And there's something else I was going to tell you guys today. Uh... uh Oh, 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 just briefly, is there a book or a new song you can tell us that you're doing these days? Yes, yes. Um, For anyone that's looking to develop their furthering in all things worship, I highly highly recommend the four pillars of an awesome worship. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little plug I, there for you say by the uh, way i forgot when i said that to you i forgot that there's a story in there that has to do with someone you're very close to 
Oh, really? Oh, I haven't finished reading it yet. Well, yeah, no, you'll you'll see it. You'll laugh. You'll laugh. Oh, perfect. I, I just totally forgot you. to tell you about that, but you'll 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 see that. Hey, well, that's I'll, a that's so. a that's a good plug. Thanks, man. Anytime. Glad to, glad to support. Um, and the two more books. Uh, Andy Park's new book, Living in Humility, is actually really quite good. Um, and that's a great stance and posture of worship, especially if you know a bit of Andy's story. If you haven't checked the other podcast with him, check it out because Andy's, oh, he's remarkable. <laughs> Swooning over Andy. Um, he's handsome too. He is pretty handsome fella. Uh, <laughs> and last one, um, huge impact on me as I was in college and trying to figure out what worship was worship matters by bob coughlin oh yeah fantastic book and it's very it leaves quite an impression on you as a starting read for sure awesome yeah i remember that book when i was teaching at pacific life bible college but i can't remember if i've actually read the whole thing or just referenced it in our class but i'll have to look i'll have to check that out um dudeness yeah oh i was gonna say heresy don't worry. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a licensed and ordained minister. I like to tell people that on Perfect. the podcast just so that they can hold me accountable too. Like with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada, I have I have uh, no idea why they allow me to have that title. <laughs> <laughs> but we aren't just two crazy kids doing our own thing. We are tight. We are rooted in the local church. Uh, we are very much a part of the the life of the British Columbia church and all the fun things that are going on. And we love you all, and we thank you for listening. And I'm gonna make all of you come back next week and listen because. Luke's going to tell us his favorite songs that he's doing. But we're not going to tell you yet because it's a secret. You have to come back and listen again. Thank you so much, Luke. Oh, thank you, Stephen. You are the bomb. You're the bomb. Aw, love this man. This has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. And we just released a new mini ebook called Four Pillars of an Awesome Worship Leader. We'd love for you to check it out. That's at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Our next podcast is going to be released in a week, and I really hope you join us. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Lord 